Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Is it too late to sell? Is it too late to sell? That's going to be the theme today. Because I've seen all of these. Now, if you've been listening to us and following Revere, you sold it quite a long time ago. You've been holding lots of cash. But but, but I see all these articles now coming out talking about, should you poll your clients? Should you, How should you reach out to your clients and tell them? See, most clients have lost 25%, even if they have bond portfolios. Bonds are getting incinerated as well. Nothing is working in, 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 in stocks and bond world. And so I'm seeing all these articles come across. In fact, uh, an article came across saying Goldman Sachs slashes equities to underweight and BlackRock says shun most stocks. Mm. Thank you very much for that heads up in advance, <laughs> looking in the rearview mirror in hindsight. They're like meteorologists. Uh, yeah. You know, I already have my pie chart of tw- uh, 75 cents on the dollar. And now they're saying, by the way, you may want to avoid these things. Mm, yeah. Okay. How about a little bit of a, a little bit of a early or earlier indicator, sure. right? And then there's also a very good. Now this I, I can't really post this as, as the links on 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 in in the show links, yeah, because it's actually an institutional. Um, um, the guy sends it to PDF, but it's an economic uh, outlook and format, and it's on the dollar. Oh, and it's on the the Fed and the dollar. You may be able to Google it. And, and, and find it. Uh, it actually is called Macro Strategies, and it's by Andrew Lease, L-E-E-S, and it says, where's the bid? Where's the bid? And it's talking about how the strengthening dollar is causing havoc, both in the global markets, but here at home, too. Mm. And there's a liquidity crunch. It's creating a, a liquidity crunch, and it gets pretty heady. It's It's a little bit too deep in economics for for the layman, it's it's kind of tough to understand. But but the main point is everybody always talks about the inverted yield curve, which by the way, we're inverted right now. And it talks about how that's such a good indicator for recessions. And in the last seven out of ten inversions, uh, we had seven recessions out of the last ten inversions, right? Mm-hmm. But three of them, it didn't, it didn't cause a recession. We came out of it without going into recession. Now I'm not counting this one. We're actually in a recession according to the classical definition. Yes. Uh, but the government politicians say, no, we're not yet. I don't know what they're smoking, but, it's, you know, I don't have it at my house. Um, um, in any event, this guy's talking about, the, but, but, he's ta- but, the, but all seven times that that happened, 
there was a liquidity crisis. So the three times that we didn't go into recession when the yield curve inverted, there was no liquidity crunch. And so right now we're starting to get a liquidity crunch, folks. You need to pay attention. But this is, can they see this? This is the macro strategy. This is the guy right here. If you can find that online somewhere. Andrew Lee's. It, 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 is, it actually is a great read. It's just, it's for, I'm just not supposed to pass it out. It's not, it's not for, you know, it's for institutional consumption only. Please don't forward this. You sure. know, you got to pay for it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but you might be able to find it. And then uh, lastly, the SEC has decided it will not ban order flow. If you've been listening to the show about a few months ago, they were talking about the order flow and how it's kind of, un- you know, well, it, there could be some ethical issues with it and you're not getting best execution and how do you protect the client? And I said at the beginning that the regulators, you know, they were influenced by the big brokers firms and the insurance companies that, that have already set this model in place and they jawbone about it, but they wouldn't, at the end of the day, they wouldn't do anything about it. And we got confirmation. They're not doing anything about it. So in any event, all of these links, so so uh, the last one is, which is it corresponds to the, what this guy's talking about, Andrew Lease, is another uh, article on Advisorpedia, and it says, is the Fed trapped with debt and liquidity? Mm. Uh, the answer is yes. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Yes, because see, uh, compounding works both ways. So it's good when it's going up, but when you suck the money out and you and and you raise interest rates and you, it, it it actually causes things to accelerate downward. So it compounds downward, which is what we're seeing right now. Anyway, if you want to read any of that stuff or that economic stuff, you're uh, we all the links are posted on the website, and we can go into that. We can have a discussion, but. But really, uh, it, most people, they start nodding off and it puts them to sleep. And, and, and so, but if you want to talk about that, certainly reach out to me. You can call me at 855-REAL-WEALTH or just uh, email me, dan at revereasset.com, and I'll be happy to dive as deep or is it as deeply as you would like. Is it deep or deeply, Don? As deeply as you would like? I would go with deeply, and I would, I would caution anybody not to go too deeply. Because, <laughs> see, what Don is saying is, I, I, I speak Don, mm-hmm. it's price is truth, none of that matters, follow the charts. Right. That's, that's the, anyway. All right, folks, before we get started, though, we have to give the disclaimer. Of course. This is for your research and entertainment. It is not meant to be individual investment advice. If you would like, need, or seek individual investment advice, reach out to me, the better looking one, or Don. Uh, either one of us, or you the more can, humble one, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can just go to revereasset.com. All of our stuff is there, or you can reach your own independent advisor, and hopefully they're not in a pie chart and down twenty five percent for the year. Mm. Okay, all right. With that said, I think guys, if you guys want to talk about any of those topics, I'd be more than oh. And, and one last thing, we are going to go to Michael talking about a specific sector that that. Uh, he he wants to go over, but 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 before we do, guys, do you guys want to talk about any of those topics, or should we just get right to the markets? Because I think it's pretty dangerous right now. I still think it is, and I still hear people now kind of coming back saying, "Well, 
I've lost this much money now. Now, how do I, you know, I can't sell now. It's probably near the bottom. And I'm thinking, you don't know that. It could easily go down another 20%. And right now, the markets are not looking really very healthy. So I'm going to flip it over to Don. And I'm going to, Don, do you want to talk about the Fed and some economic policies? Or do you want to just get straight into the markets? Um, well, yeah, the Fed and economic policy, I'll pass on that. Uh, <laughs> Was well, the there market. anything else you want to talk about besides the market? What do you think, Dan? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you did say you speak, Don. Well, and, and listen, and listen, folks, normally on most shows, we actually go over a few topical things yeah. and have a little fun and cut up and talk about some important economic or political things that will affect your investments. And that's all good and well. But right now, it's too important not to talk about the markets because people need to figure out what they need to do if they haven't already taken decisive defensive action. So with that, Don, I'm going to turn it over to you. And why don't you kind of talk about the state of the markets? And by the way, hats off, kudos on that very short-term trade. You were kind of hoping it lasts maybe a little bit longer, but we actually came out unscathed with Mm. a slight profit. We'll talk about that a little bit in a little later, but Don, go yeah, ahead. And that the feedback from that trade actually told me all that I needed to know about the market. So obviously, if you've been uh, anybody that's been watching this knows how uh, defensive we've been. All three time frames and leaders were on bearish slash downtrend signals. Uh, we, we came into the week in cash. Uh, we're below all the moving averages. Leaders broke down last week. But we, we, the markets, is, the markets are the, below. the markets broke. The markets broke. I, I got to stop doing that. When I, I we, because we're all in this together, right? No, we're not. The markets are, uh, what is extremely risky at Revere. We, well, let me just summarize it this way: Revere, we're down seven point seven percent year to date. The market. The S&P 500 as of right now is down 23.7%. So we've done a good job at Revere getting out of the way. And with the undercut of the lows, the low, the prior low being this 36.36.87, we undercut that today, which means this is officially a third leg down. How much lower it goes, we don't know. Uh, but you can see this was the first leg basically from January to uh, mid-March, then we had a bounce, then the second leg was the top of uh, late March to middle of June, then we had a really strong bounce up into the 200-day moving average, and now we're in the third leg down since that pullback from 43.25. So yesterday in the video, I commented that um, anybody that we've talked about ATR for a while on here, uh, offensive selling and defensive selling can take place when your three ATR extended either, either to the upside or the downside. Uh, sorry, I should have said offensive selling or uh, defensive buying. Uh, when your three ATR extended from the 21-day exponential moving average, and we hit that yesterday, the ATR on the S&P 500 is a little over 2% right now. We closed yesterday at 6.3% below the 200 day. So it puts you in the prime spot for a regression back to the upside. Now, I wasn't expecting to sit in this all the way back up to the 21. I was thinking maybe we would get to the ADMA. Uh, we had a gap up this morning, overnight strength, but uh, 
we topped within uh, 12 minutes of the market opening this morning. If you take a look at a five-minute chart here, you can see the gap up, up to 37.17. And then we just started making lower lows and lower highs. We had one H pattern confirmed to the downside, then a second H pattern. Uh, this is, The market's worse than I was even thinking that it would be. When you can't get a bounce when you're 3 ATR extended from uh, the 21-day exponential moving average, that means that all bounces are being sold with two hands by people trying to get out of the market. Uh, we're, we're not uh, fear mongers here. It's all backed by data. Nobody likes to participate in an uptrend any more than we do at Revere. Uh, we had a fantastic year, up over 45% in 2021. Uh, gave back uh, some of that in 2022 uh, when there was a we were a, we're a growth stock uh, shop and growth stocks underperformed. So anybody that is in growth stocks was swimming upstream in 2022. But look at these numbers when you get into bear market territory. Uh, and how long it takes to get back to it, especially if you get into the severe bear market mode. We haven't seen any indications that the economy or the market is anywhere near a bottom. In fact, just the opposite. You had uh, Powell come out on 826 from Jackson Hole and say, after the market was having this nice bounce up, say, you're not listening to me, market. We're going to raise rates until inflation gets to 2%, and we're not going to cut rates. Because the, the problem they made back in the 70s and the 80s was as soon as it looked like inflation was slowing down, they cut rates immediately and inflation picked right back up. So he's saying not only, he's saying not only are we cutting, we're not, or not only are we raising, but we're going to pause them. We're not going to cut and make sure that inflation is in fact under control. So the market sold off on that, had a little bit of a bounce. And then the CPI data came out on 913. And this is really what's been responsible for this latest leg down pre-market on 913 we were gapping up the cpi data came out uh, and the market just sold off hard and has been kind of in a waterfall ish situation since then same situation that happened back here at the uh, beginning of june uh, when we were waiting for cpi it came out we gapped down and then we gapped down again on monday around this june 13 uh, june 10 june 13 area and now we made lower lows today even though we're still extended from the 21 exponential moving average, 6.3% for the second day in a row. At some point, these, when you get extended to the downside, this is also the sixth day down, the first time we've had six down days during this entire bear run. But we, we went over at pre-market uh, uh, with Michael and Ted, the most we could find is five on the S&P, six, you could have six if you went by uh, the futures, but, um, we, we key off the S&P here. This is the day six down. We undercut the lows. The low so far is 36.26. We bounced 11 points off of there back to 36.37. So it's possible this is an undercut and reclaim of this 36.37. We'll have to see how we close. But the weakness and how immediately we sold this morning after opening up higher uh, gave me the feedback that this market is even weaker than I was giving it credit for. Uh, yeah, well, no, absolutely. And I'm going to put my Don interpreter on a little bit uh, for the people that, that don't quite get all the technical jargon. So when he's talking about ATR, that means average true range. And so he's looking at the range of the stock, and one average true range is kind of within the norm. When you get out two times the average true range, 
that's a little bit out of bounds. That's a little bit abnormal. When you get three ATRs out of the normal range, it's, it's almost like a standard deviation. It's just a big, big outsized move. And so when it got three ATRs to the downside yesterday and the fact that we had six down days in a row, Don was thinking, okay, it, we're primed for a bounce. It's probably going, the market appears like it wants to bounce. And so he took a trip along on the S&P yesterday right before the close. Now, with, with that in mind, it was a, a 5% position. So it really is only 15% net exposure because mm. our portfolio is 100% cash. So we're totally in cash. And this morning when we got a pop, he so, took profits on half of it and watched the other half, hoping that it would continue to run, and the market rolled over. And the, the second half was about just like a couple penny loss. But the net effect is both positions combined was a, was a small gain. But, and we're not, we're not really concerned. Well, I don't want to say we're not concerned about a gain or loss. We're not, that position in and of itself is not the, the main takeaway here. The thing is, Don put out a little feeler and took a little bit of exposure to see if we could get a, a bear market rally, essentially, is what it is. And that bear market rally lasted 15 minutes, and that's not a good sign for the markets. And that's what he meant when he said the markets are weaker than even I thought. Okay, and that's why we don't think. That's why we follow the rules. Now, right now, the uh, uh, Dow futures are down 220 points, three quarters of percent, and the other indices are down just slightly, a little bit less. But the whole point is, it's very dangerous, and you don't know how low can go. Bottom fishing or quote buying the dip is is very dangerous in this market. So my vote is no, it's not too late to sell if you haven't already. Don, what do you say? Do you think it's too late to sell? If, if you have someone that comes to you and says, here's my 100% long pie chart, what, what do you do? How do you handle that? I, I review the, individ, the individual positions, and knowing that we're extended to the downside, I would uh, hedge. And if we start to bounce, I would take the hedge off, see how high we get and then uh, start taking the individual positions off. I, I would get to neutral, but not necessarily by selling everything. Right. So I see Don do this every day. So let me, let me kind of uh, elaborate on what, 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 he, what he's just said. So when he comes, say we get 40 stocks, and by the way, we see this all the time, a client will come in with 60 stocks at you know, two, a little under 2% each. Well, if you're doing that, you're really tracking the index. You might as well buy an S&P fund. But Don immediately goes in there and looks at every stock and goes, dog, 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 sell, sell, sell. These are actually holding up pretty well. Here is my, my, my underneath, my, my sell stop underneath. And here's my alert. He, we don't use hard stops, but he uses alerts both to the upside and the downside. And then if we got anything we're buying that's still within buy range that we own already, which we don't own anything now, but if we own something, he would buy those few things. And so we don't just sell willy-nilly and just buy all of our stuff. We homogenize them in very judiciously. See, in the, in the traditional advisor brotherhood, it's not about the investment business. It's about the changing of the investment business. So if you don't buy all their stuff, they, a lot of times they don't get paid on it. So when you first transfer in, they clear out every single thing you got, and then they go buy everything that they own, normally in mutual funds. But here's the thing. If you have told your advisor that you were nervous, and scared 
15% higher ago. And he said, no, just stay the course, just stay the course. It's going to be fine. The market always comes back, which is true, especially if you've got the longevity of an oak tree. But when you've, when you've got the, the lifespan of a human, the question is, will it come back in time when you need the money? Okay. But if he's now, if you're calling him and saying, man, I'm really scared now. It, oh, no, no. You, you know, now, granted, it is a lot easier when you sell early on, when your first levels break, usually your first sell sign is your best sell sign, your first signal, rather than waiting for two or three. What a lot of guys do, a lot of traders do, is they start breaking their own rules. They, they, they'll hit the first signal and they'll go, well, I'm just going to move my stop loss down a little bit, or I'm going to give it a couple more days. I'm going to give it a little bit more time. And before you know it, you're down another 10% and Bob's your uncle. And you've broken your rules. And that's why even if you have 10 guys just like Don or, or Michael or Ted, right? If only two or three of them are going to be any good because the other seven get emotionally attached and they, they break the rules. And so that's why it's so important. But folks, if, you are, if your portfolio is bleeding in the streets, the, at the very least, you can take some action and you can do some hedging. You don't necessarily have to sell everything willy-nilly, but you definitely want to look through your portfolio and you need to prune the ones that are weak and then go, oh, and, 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 and maybe do some kind of hedging or some kind of strategy for the ones that are strong or stronger. But just sitting there and hoping is not a plan. Hoping when the market comes back is not a plan. You need to ask your advisor, what is your sell discipline and what is your buy discipline? What are your rules? Do you have investing rules? And may I see them? If he doesn't or can't or she and can't elaborate or articulate them, I've got one three-letter word. Run. Okay? After you sign the transfer form and go somewhere else. Anyway. I, <laughs> I, and by the way, Guys, and I told Don, because I thought, I thought of this when I was traveling last week, and, and, and thank you for covering, Don. Um, um, I asked him, I texted this quote, it's not enough to be a fiduciary. You've got to be a fiduciary with a sell discipline, okay? We actually got a couple clients just yesterday, two in one day, that came, I'm not going to say his name, came from another advisor that has all these commercials on CNBC and radio and everywhere about how they're your fiduciary, how they are your fiduciary. But you know what they do? They buy 2% of 50 different stocks and act like, because you have individual stocks, it's sexy. It's not a mutual fund, but then they buy it, they set it and forget it. And these people are down 26% year to date. And they finally hit their pain threshold and they called Revere. So in any event, I've beaten that pretty good. I just want to make the point because people now are, look, humans by our emotions, we either got fight or flight, okay? Most people flight, they run. Only a few people run toward the gunfire, right? There are a few people built like that, and that's fine. We, we need Marines, right? You, you, need, you need to have the soldiers. But in this thing, it doesn't help. You've got to have rules, and you've got to know what you're going to do. But people freeze. They will freeze, and they won't do anything. And so now. They're frozen because they don't know what to do, and so they just kind of shut their eyes and they hope for the best. 
folks, that is not a plan. You've got to do something. And if it's not with us, someone else, that's fine. You just need to figure out something you need to do, but you need to find someone that actually understands markets. And it's not just a salesman. It's not just an asset gatherer that is on your side and that has a sell discipline. All right. I think we've made our point. Let's go to Michael. Michael, you've got a sector that you want to talk about. You've got this managed health care, managed services. And what, what do you want to let the listener know about that? Yeah, so, so last thing, I just want to mention something about what, what we were just talking about. Um, Jeffrey Gunlock, um, for, for those viewers that don't know him, he's uh, considered to be the bond king. He's got a, a fund called Double Line Capital, and they run billions of dollars. He's the bond expert. And even Gunlock last night tweeted saying, the U.S. Treasury bond market is rallying tonight. It's been a long time. I've been a buyer recently. Well, if you look at those treasuries, the 10-year yield is up 2.5%. The 30 years up over 3%. So he, he's already down 3% on his position. So even, even or, or probably more if he's been a buyer recently. Um, so even the experts who manage billions of dollars um, trying to fight a, uh, a, a trend or, or headwinds, it, like even they can't do it. So it, it's, it's not advisable ever. Um, and by the way, by the way, real, real quick, Michael, you know why he's a bond buyer of treasuries? Because he has to. Folks, by their prospectus, a bond guy has to buy bonds. He can't go to cash and sit there in cash. And in an equity fund, a, a, a stock guy, whether it's aggressive growth, large cap, small cap, whatever, they've got to be fully invested at all times. They can't move to cash even if they think it's dangerous. And so it's your job to know when to sell the fund not his, not theirs. The portfolio manager is not, you are not his client. The fund is his client. And the fund says, I want to be 100% long, all in, all the time, with no breaks. Uh, by the way, Michael, before we get to your sector, I did want to bring on Ted. We've got, Ted, do you have any uh, further comments about the market? I should give everybody a, a chance to, to, to chime yeah, in. Yeah, so going off your point about risk management, I actually tagged Don in this tweet, and I, and I think this is a great example of someone not respecting price and just going off their story and their opinions. So he tweeted, as of today, I am down 2.2 million on my AMC position from its all-time high. I continue to hold because I've done a five-year fundamental outlook of the company. I do my own research, and I have the conviction and patience to know this will play out in time, just as I think it will. So my whole point here is he talks about him doing his research. He has conviction and patience. But he doesn't realize that his research could be completely wrong. His fundamental outlook might not make it might make sense to him, but it does not make sense to the market, which is reflecting in AMC's price. And so AMC is currently at seven dollars from its seventy-two-ish all-time high. It's had some bear market rallies to thirty-four and to twenty-eight, and it just does not seem like it's going to go anywhere. And by the way, I'll go you one better. I'll go you one better, Ted. His research could be spot on, and he could be absolutely right about AMC. But guess what? The whole market takes his stock down. Folks, when the market sells off, 75 to 80% of all stocks go down. So you can have the, I mean, look at the best, look at the Tesla, look at the Apple, look at, pick a stock. There's only a very, very few that are even, you know, flashing green or, or, or showing strength in, this, in these past rallies. I mean, in this past rally, in this past sell-off. If you flip the chart over and put a negative in front of it, it'll be a rally. 
All right. So, uh, uh, Michael, what, what, was my re- what was my reply, Ted, to your uh, to that uh, text? Um, Can you say it, it was on a, there? It was a Forrest Gump quote, but I can't find it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Mama always dog? said, stupid is a stupid does. <laughs> that's <dumb>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Actually, he goes on to say, smart investors accumulate beaten down stocks like those whose company's future seems bright. So, I'm, I mean... Seems, seems is the word in there. What what seems happens? Seems right, yeah. Right. See, and, the, and, and this is one of O'Neill's classic rules, and it's one of the most important ones, is the fundamentals will always look good at the top. Mm-hmm. The fundamentals will still look good two quarters after the stock has rolled over and gone down 20, 30, 40%. And then you realize, oh, the fundamentals are deteriorating. And then what do you do? Yeah, because the price... Deteriorate yep. After the price is already down, then, then you're, then you just, your dream's crushed. So, so what so you're, Don's, you're happy as, you're happy as long as you're, I don't care that the stock is down. My, my thesis is still intact. Yippee. And then your, your <laughs> thesis goes off the rails after you lost half of your investment or more. And then you're demoralized. Where do you, where do you go from there? Well, well price, and, and that's a great point. Price is a leading indicator. In fact, it's one of the, the stock market is one of the best leading indicators of, of the economy. And that's the same thing for that. It's a macro level. Same thing is true on a micro level with the stock. The price will start selling off before the earnings deteriorate. Don's absolutely right. But even to tag on top of that, the next up cycle your stock may not be a leader anymore. Its earnings are going to deteriorate. And then as the economy picks up, is it going to be the next leader? Or is that, or is there going to be a different sector, a different area, or a better stock, or even a competition in that same sector? You don't know that in advance. People, I mean, you know, if you're that, if you're that clairvoyant, you'd own the small island of Hawaii, right? So that's why you've got to follow. Remember Nokia, Nokia phones were the absolute, Cream of the crop. Bomb, yeah. Yeah. In, in cell phones. Well, look at WorldCom in the yeah, late 90s. Yeah, WorldCom yeah. in the late 90s. Well, there, Dell- was, there was fraud involved there with WorldCom, but Nokia oh, just, just <laughs> took right off the ball. Look at Intel. Intel was far and away the chip leader, now AMD. They just called that aggressive accounting, Don. Aggressive accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not it was it was called gap it was called gap plus plus. <laughs> I got good help. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, Michael. Let's go to the uh, managed healthcare. What, what do you got? Sorry. All right. So this uh, this industry is healthcare technology, and um, there's a few names that um, that are interesting there. Two of which um, were recently. So there's a lot of M&A activity. Um, CVS bought um, Signify, S-G-F-Y, and um, Change Healthcare was purchased by, acquired by United Health Group. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is EVH, um, Evelyn Health. And basically mm-hmm. the, um, the thesis behind uh, this healthcare technology sector is um, there's that been an exponential starts. rise, and not just recently, but um, for for a long time, there's been an exponential rise in U.S. healthcare expenditures, and it's been growing faster than GDP growth and population growth. Um, so there's a lot of inefficiencies, and it's unsustainable. The U.S. has the highest healthcare spending per capita, comes out to about twelve thousand three hundred fifty dollars per person annually, and that's it accounts to nineteen point seven percent of GDP. Um, for 
trillion dollars a year, and it's growing now with an aging population. Um, the U.S. healthcare system is broken and the most inefficient of any developed nation, just in terms of uh, that spending per capita and percentage of GDP. Um, growth medical care expenses have outpaced inflation since two, 2000. They're up 110.3% since 2000, while all goods and services are up 71%. The current healthcare model is um, facility-centric which means going to the, um, the hospitals and the medical um, uh, groups. And there's, there hasn't been a lot of investment in preventative care and home services, which is where these guys come into play. Um, data collection and analysis is a time-consuming and difficult area of the healthcare industry. So that's where um, these companies are trying to uh, modernize and revolutionize that. Um, so what Evelyn does, ticker EVH, which is um, the, the one that's on the screen now, um, Evelyn works as the middleman between payers, which are your insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, and the healthcare providers. And they seek, um, basically insurance companies, the payers are seeking the lowest payouts and providers, which are the hospitals and clinics seek the highest fees. So, um, Evelyn, their mission is to reduce the expenses to payers by turning the focus away from fees for services and reimbursements towards value-based care. And um, they're, they're both, um, the, the, the payers and the providers are both on opposite ends of the spectrum. So costs are growing um, because they're, they're both fighting in different directions. And um, Evelyn's fastest growing part of their business is the clinical solutions. Um, so what they do is the clinical solutions platform uses data and predictive modeling to identify which patients are likely to be the most expensive. So once they identify those patients, they're able to determine what kinds of interventions can likely bring down the cost of, um, of, of having that patient. Uh, for example, instead of waiting until the patient needs remedial care, preventative measures can be taken, such as a phone call with a nurse, um, home visits. That's why you've seen the rise of Teladoc in these services as well. Home visits by a healthcare professional, which ultimately saves the payer money because instead of waiting until there's a big problem and going to visit that doctor and spending all this money um, at the, at the um, facility, they're able to, to attack, address that problem way earlier on. And it saves both the payer and it also saves the, um, the, the provider's money because it, it's, a lot, it's a lot less expensive for, instead of um, having this huge facility with nurses and doctors and staff you can just do a telehealth call or have a, a doctor go and visit that patient. So the bottom line is Evelyn aims to address the inefficiencies in the U.S. healthcare um, industry by aligning the goals of payers and providers. Um, I'll quickly talk, and if you look at the chart here, um, Evelyn's been, if you look at the relative strength, relative strength of 96, it's been outperforming the market um, basically since um, early on this year. It, um, it broke out from a long uh, cup and handle it was riding that 50-day moving average, um, tried to break out in September, and with, it just couldn't handle the weight of the, um, the overall market, so it pulled back. And now it's um, today it tagged that 50-day moving average. It's consolidating below. So look for it to reclaim that 50-day moving average, start building higher lows, regain some of the shorter-term moving averages. And once the market gets its, um, gets its footing back, then it, it's possible that this stock could actually break out and do well. And then one thing I want to mention quickly about the, the earnings estimates, 
Market Smith for the most part is good on their on their EPS, but I did notice uh, going through SEC filings and um just just what the companies reported, they're they're not profitable at the moment. Um and for some reason, uh Market Smith has them um as positive uh EPS. Um I called Market Smith to ask them about that, and they said that um a lot of their EPS or all of their EPS estimates are non-GAAP and they come from this one website fact set. And I didn't look, uh, I mean, the, the company didn't report non-GAAP profitability, so I'm not sure where exactly they're getting those numbers from, but it is important to, um, even if uh, the fund fundamentals look good on, on MarketSmith and the charts, just double check somewhere else because um, they're not always 100% accurate and there are some some um, discrepancies. Hey, um, very quickly, Mike, Mike, before you yeah. go before you go to the next stock, I want to make a point that, that is, that, that drives home what we're talking about right here. So he's he's identified a very strong stock. It's got great relative strength, and that's on his watch list. And he's ready so that when the market does finally complete a bottoming process and starts to rally, he's already got a few ideas and a few stocks. But even though he likes that stock, he doesn't own it. We don't own it right now because the market's not acting right. And even with those good quote, fundamentals, that stock has also gone down, pulled, dragged down with the overall market. So it's, that's why it's so important to look at the overall landscape, the, the market, and then the sector, and then the individual names. You can't just rely on individual names. All right, go, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, the, the fundamentals are what, if I track this story and continue looking at how they're growing and, and the, the fundamental analysis, that'll give me the conviction when it is time and the market does turn to initiate a position. And um, yeah, it, conviction is super important. And the only way to get that is, is through your, your analysis. Um, uh, so the second one is, is change, ticker CHNG, and, um, or sorry, uh, signify, SGFY. Um, they were recently acquired by CVS. Um, they're a value-based healthcare platform as well and focused on quality of care rather than quantity of patients. And that's what these um, healthcare service providers are trying to do. Um, Signify focuses on home and community services for in-home evaluations and diagnostic and preventative services. Just like Evelyn, they focus on these preventative services. Um, Signify relies heavily on data and algorithms to um, identify patients and reduce analysis time with increased accuracy. Delivery of uh, care to patients is optimized using this technology. So basically, um, what these companies do, long story short, is they use um, AI and algorithms and technology um, to compile data and provide preventative services and, and care so that um, insurance companies can save money by, by um, not having to, to pay out these heavy bills when um, there is a serious issue that needs to be um, addressed. And then the... Um, the the uh, providers and the, the doctors and medical groups also benefit by um by by not having uh they, they can reduce um a lot of their their overhead um expenses by using uh, services like uh, telehealth and and it's just uh it's better because yeah there, there's a huge uh, problem with with healthcare in this country and and this is one way to um to address that um so then another one has changed they were also bought out so I won't go too much into uh change but it's it's a similar story chng um the reason why i'm bringing out bringing up these companies that were bought out recently um is just to show that that um the the sector is interesting 
there's a reason why they're being bought out and um it's it's a grow it's a rapidly growing uh, attractive place to be um so another one that's still publicly listed um that you that is investable is uh privia prva and what privia does that's a little different is that they're a um so they're a physician organization um so they're actually a company that's run by physicians and they've created this this organization that partners with um, primary care and select um, specialist physician practices, health systems, payers and employers. Um, so they're able to, um, they allow independent providers to practice medicine their way while enjoying the benefits of a, um, like a, an integrated medical group. So previous top performing providers work together to reduce these utilization um, costs, improve the patient experience, and advance uh, population health. So it's a similar thing too, but their their um, edge is that um, they have a group of physicians uh, sort of running the the business. Um, so that's um, but they all rely on on these algorithms and data, and um, it's just different ways of of acquiring that data and then acquiring um, clients and, and customers to uh, to to use their platforms. Um, so so yeah and and previous same thing it's a great story this one actually um from the research i've done is is profitable and has been profitable um but the technicals same similar story broke out in in june from from this nice uh, cup and handle was uh hanging well above that 50-day moving average but with the weight of the market now is broken below and um could easily pull back to this 200 day so even if the fundamentals are great, if if you're if you're not in tune with the technicals, if you had bought at forty four dollars and it pulls back to uh, to twenty eight, you've you've lost forty percent of uh, roughly forty percent of your your position. Um, so it's better. It's always better to wait and and get in at the right time. But this is a story that um is is attractive as well and um could 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 be good once the market um recovers and we're in a new uh bull trend so one to keep an eye on as well all right michael thank you so i've got i just want to take a poll a quick poll and obviously you can tell that we're not very um professionally polished and groomed and this is just this is raw data this Uh, is real this is live these guys don't know I'm going to ask this. Okay. Quite frankly, I didn't know 15 seconds ago, right. but I just thought of it. <laughs> Everybody, hold on. Just flying by the seat of my pants, baby. <laughs> just, just out there. Right. Um, um, so, Michael, how many stocks do you have on your watch? I just need a number on your watch list that are bullish right now. Meaning timely, technically. I've got a I've got a few that I'm watching to see if they hold the uh, the 50 day moving average, but above the 21 that I would buy, I I only um I think I have one actually. Um, okay, all right, that's that's what I want to know. All right, Ted. Yeah, Ted, how many stocks yeah. do you have that are actionable, meaning viable right now? Viable right now, zero. Yeah. Zero. That's seen okay. That BJ. Yeah, zero, zero. Zero, okay. Zero or Bible right now. All right, well, you could, you could quickly talk about the ones you're, you're bird-dogging that you have on your watch list. What are those? Yeah, so BJ and HLIT Harmonic are actually above all of their key moving averages. So those are, those are 
some things I'm watching. That actually looks pretty damn good for the, 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 the compare relative basis to the market yeah. or other stocks. And what was the other one? H L I T. It's a little thin. It's definitely thin, I think, for Revere. Well, for Revere, yeah, but the listeners can yeah. do it as an individual. Yeah, exactly. uh, that that actually looks even better. Yeah. Okay. Don? Yeah. And, and then I have one more, too, okay. if you want um, uh, an interesting one. Uh, WWE, which which is in um, being oh, super yeah. followed at the moment. But um, but that that one, um, it, it's breaking now below the uh, the 21, but it's held up uh, pretty well and um, could potentially be a, a buyout uh, candidate um, because they recently um, lost their CEO and, and there's a lot of speculation around that. And that, that one's been um, holding up very well as well. Okay, so you didn't get the memo, I guess. You you don't know that we're not allowed to talk about WWE and World Wrestling on the podcast because Don will light up and start talking. <laughs> Woo! Actually, <laughs> quick, quick, quick story. Yeah. I was actually at the Texas Tech UT game with my daughter. Okay. Watched Texas Tech beat Texas in overtime. What a game. It's a big deal. But you know who the MC was? Don's. Favorite guy. Nature boy, Rick Nature, nature no boy. Woo! Really? Oh, yeah. They kept having a baby. Yeah. And it was, oh, yeah. It was pretty, I felt sorry for him because he, he was trying to look nice because he, you know, he's the MC, right? And so he's got a bright red jacket on. It was 95 degrees. <laughs> he, he was sweating out there. I felt sorry for him. Uh, but they also and profiling. He, he, right. he was. He, and they had him on the, they had him on the jumbotron. Like every time Texas Tech scored, he'd go, so I don't know if he's alumni or not, uh, but I got the feeling he might have been. You want to might want to look that up, Don, so you you know your trivia. All right, all right, Don. How many stocks do you have that are actionable and viable right now in your watch list? We had one survivor from the twenty one over twenty one list last week, and it was First Solar, uh, and it's still holding on to the twenty one day exponential moving average. Note the stochastics have rolled over though, uh, and. Hand the ETF that represents the sector has rolled over also, and in fact, it's all the way down to the 200 day moving average. The second leader uh, in solar was Enphase, ENPH, and this has uh, broken the 21. The 21 has rolled over, but it's holding the 50 day moving average. Both of these are leading stocks still, as far as a relative strength goes. And if the market writes itself and can put in a bottom, uh, these should be at the top of anybody's leaders list. Had mentioned already BJ's. That was the second one that I added back to the list because it closed uh, above the 21 yesterday. And the third one I mentioned uh, in the video last night was Las Vegas Sands, which is because the Chinese Communist Party gave the okay for people to start uh, going to Macau to gamble again. And LVS has a huge uh, presence, presence yeah. in Macau. So LVS. Uh, forming a nice flat basis actually looks pretty good. The last four days before the gap up didn't look good. But when something like this happens, gap up on big volume, we put it on our list and see how it plays out. But of course, you got to have that giant capital M, which is market, going for you if uh, you're going to be picking any of these stocks. And we certainly don't have that going for us right now. Well, and that was my point, because in a good, healthy market, when the market is more stable or more importantly in an uptrend because remember all stocks hate you okay you do, I, well, I can't stand it when people go oh this is a stock you just buy and you put in your drawer i know 
Uh, you mean like WorldCom bankrupt? Yes, of course. Like Dell got so. Remember all the millionaire, the Dell. They call them the Dellionaires in the nineties because Dell was one of the best uh, performing stocks. And then with the tech wreck, it got so bad. Michael Dell be, took it pub, uh, private because it got so ugly and so weak. And then he kind of had to fix the problems and then take it back public again. So you don't want to get married to anything, right? Right. Uh, um, to any stock. It's just a trading chip. So I like stocks when they're going up. I hate them when they're going down. So you just got to take that. You can't get married to any idea. But, but the point being is in a healthy market, you are going to have lots of stocks on your watch list. Don normally in a good market, he does the Friday night big show with the 21 over 21, the 21 leading stocks over the 21 exponential moving average. A lot of times he has more than 21 and he's got to tighten his, he's got to trim that down. He's got to pick the best of the best. Right now, you're lucky if you find one or two good stocks that, I mean, that are timely. So you got to separate the stock from the company. A good, well run company is fine, but it may be dead money for a couple, three, four years. It could lose you money for a long time. It's only when it's going up is it a good stock, right? Point being is, that is a very big measure of risk when, the, when, when you can't find, you can't even find enough stocks on one hand. You can't even find five that are viable right now. And that means the market is very, very ugly and it's very dangerous. So remember, the theme of the show is, is it too late to sell? Because all these articles now are coming out about how to reach out and console your, your client. We're not having to do that. But yeah, they're, they're literally, they're like psychology so papers yes. for the advisor talking about how to, you know, re, you know make let your, them down easy to, to stay the course yeah. and not leave mm-hmm. because people are leaving their advisors in droves because they told their advisor when they were down 10 or 15%, hey, I'm scared. This doesn't look right. We're, we're, we got a lot of headwinds. And the advice, oh, just stay the course. Just don't worry about it. And now they're down another 10 or 15%. Mm. And so now these people, they're, they're, they're struggling. So in any event, Don, I think we did a pretty good market review. Do you want to go over anything else? No, we just made fresh lows on the day. Uh, so this is fresh lows for this correction also. Yep. So third leg down is underway. Third weight leg down is underway, folks. Listen, we did this show early, and it happened to be a, a, a blessing, a godsend. So Zach is going to be out of town this Friday. He's going to see some family. So we did this show early today on Thursday. This is our early edition, but it's actually an important update edition to wake people up and say, you need to, you need to have a plan. Mm. You know, hope is not a plan. Staying the course while you're your portfolio continues to bleed is not a plan. Well, it's a plan. It's not a good plan. It's a really bad plan, right? So if you're losing the football game 28 to nothing, you might want to change the plan. Different defense, different offense, whatever. Folks, listen, uh, if you need a, a complimentary portfolio review or you just want some help or you got some questions, reach out to us. You can email any of us, dan at revereasset.com. Don at revereasset.com or Michael or Ted at revereasset.com. We really made it very, very simple. Okay. You can also call us old school at 855 Real Wealth. Folks, 
Have a great weekend in the next couple of days. There's not going to be a show on going out Friday and then uh, Saturday morning. So watch Don's 21 over 21 Friday night. You can go to our revereasset.com website, and in the top right corner, there's a subscribe button. You can tell your friends and family about it. They can just put their, e- their name and their email address in there. We won't bug them. We don't spam them. We don't. It's up to them to reach out to us if they want any help. Right now, lots of people need help because it's not too late to sell. Folks, we'll talk to you next week on your money. It's not how much you make, how much you keep. Your Money Radio podcast covers general topics and investment ideas for research. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be investment advice. If you want or need investment advice, contact your own advisors or reach out to Revere Asset Management for individual investment advice. For more information, just go to revereasset.com.